African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Thank you for uh, listening to us uh, during this morning. I'm sure there's a lot that's been happening uh, today. Well, uh, thank you for joining African Dialogue as we come to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. Remember, our various platforms are on shortwave and you also can find us on DSTV and also you can uh, find us on our website, www.channelafrica.co.za. Uh, the guys are actually going to actually be streaming this conversation that I'm going to be having with uh, uh, Solomon, uh, who is in our studio, and Solomon Izanga Shoms is, uh, I think, he's a Christian activist. I'd like to call him that. Is also a journalist, and earlier this year was a facilitator of the False Prophets Must Fall March. Uh, he's joining us to really look at this issue that we're highlighting today, and uh, we're asking the question: Should um, religious institutions be regulated by government? The spotlight is on religion again in South Africa as the world zooms into the Nigerian-born pastor now based in Durban, Timothy Omotoso, who's facing charges of rape, ricketeering, and sexual assault in South Africa. Once again, the discussion is up for grabs where citizens are asking the question, what should be done with religious institutions in terms of making sure that there's regulation and in terms of the fact that do we have enough monitoring to make sure that religious institutions do not infringe on people's rights, especially to, pra- to practice whatever religion they choose. So it's a balancing act, isn't it? So we're going to be speaking also to uh, the Commission for the Promotion and Protection of the Rights of Cultural, Religious and Linguistic Communities, uh, which is really much central in South Africa when it comes to promoting religious rights. Its mandate is actually within South Africa's constitution. Well, joining us from the CRL um, Commission, we've got David uh, Musoma, that's Professor Musoma, who is the Deputy Chairperson of the Commission for the Promotion and Protection of the Rights of Cultural, uh, Religious and Linguistic Communities. And in our studios, we've got Solomon Zang Ashoms, who is, as I introduced him, I think he's a Christian activist, but I'm sure he's humble. He just sees himself as a as a mere journalist doing the work that he does. But remember, interact with us on our Twitter handle, at Channel Africa One. That's at Channel Africa One. We're asking the question, should religion be regulated? Should religion be regulated? That's at Channel Africa One. Give us your thoughts on that particular platform. Well, let me start with Professor Mosoma on the line, who's joining us live in terms of uh, this conversation was very complicated because it's a balancing act, isn't it, between uh, the rights of practicing one's uh, personal beliefs versus uh, making sure that there's regulation and making sure that everyone's rights are actually respected within religious institutions. Is this a tough 
balance to father, especially for the CRL Commission, uh, Dr. Musoma or Professor Musoma, because for me, where I sit, it's very difficult. It is very difficult, but at the same time, it's very simple. If we understand precisely what the role of religion is, and by and large, the role of religion is really to promote, promote human dignity, to promote love, and to ensure that there is a collegial relationship between people, to give hope, and also to give support to those who need it, uh, who are hopeless or who are needy. But what has become a problem in South Africa hmm. is that the religion has become a, a, a business. And it has been used to plunder and prey on the, um, the, the vulnerable, especially women and children. Instead of using uh, its very calling as one of ensuring the promotion and creation of common, um, common, uh, common good, it has become self-centered and self-aggrandizement. Uh, and greedy has crept in um, quite largely in the religious environment. So the issue of self-regulation, which we have propagated, is that there must be a council. In this instance, we talked about mm. peer review, which is uh, initially emanates from the... Um, uh, uh, generally uh, umbrella bodies, so that each and every religion must be able to call its members to account for things that are not, in, in, in terms of their belief system, mm. is out of line. Okay. So that would, would sure. limit some of the problems that we're having in South Africa. Let me bring... Solomon into this discussion. Solomon, in terms of the peer reviews, making sure that there are councils within various uh, sectors of religious um, um, institutions, uh, do you think that's the way forward? Do you think religion is responsible enough to self-censor? You know, I feel that the peer review platform would bring some sort of regulation will bring some sort of sanity but is that the only way you know that's not the only way obviously there are other other ways because you have to also remember that within the christian community there are different bodies like the south african councillors churches the ifcc and different uh, organizations that are supposed to actually do some of this peer reviewing so it, it seems like we have a system already but because a lot of the atrocities that are done today are should be treated in a legal way not in a spiritual way because if you rape somebody uh obviously that needs to go to the police that needs to go to the courts uh the bodies like this you know south african council of churches should have nothing to do with it should just investigate it and just pass it on to the police but if we if we review review is is a good thing but how do we review and what do we review and i feel the church the congregation in the church a lot of them are very skeptical uh, what CRL uh, is about to do or what CRL intends to do. And a, a lot of it also is because they are, they are either misinformed or don't really understand uh, what CRL's mandate is. And so with that, there's a miscommunication. But you see, the CRL in itself cannot do everything by itself. It has to work with the church and the different bodies. But the synergy for me, we have to come closer 
because if we don't come closer we are really not going to be able to understand the best way to mm. go about mm. it so there's that disconnect a little bit but we need to review practices we need to review you know the ordination of pastors you know like other countries we can study other countries and see what they do we need to review church lances in we need to review financial accountability from sure, these churches sure. we need to review all these things well, if you're listening to us, remember that you can also stream us via Facebook. Just go to our Channel Africa page. It's simply titled Channel Africa, and you can view this conversation. It's happening there on uh, Facebook there. Professor David Musoma, very interesting viewpoints that are coming from Solomon when it comes to regulating church institutions. The problem with it is the fact that what I've seen in my experience of church as a Christian is the fact that in most of the these establishments of these churches, most of them, they become cabals of themselves. They regulate themselves and there is a profit-making kind of kind of sense within that particular cabal. As you highlighted, the intentions are new and fresh and sometimes they're very materialistic and financial right now. So I don't understand seeing um, organizations that already have that kind of nature peer reviewing it's, it's each other with a sense of honesty because if the intention is to start churches for profit making then they will peer review themselves on that particular standard yes you're very right uh, we are aware of these complexities and the self-interest that are ingrained already in terms of the object that they set up for themselves as a religious institution However, we believe that with a code of conduct which is properly set out to assist religious institutions to walk on a narrow road in terms of how these uh, code of conduct is applied, we believe it can go a long way because the opposite of that is to allow state regulation. And we believe that uh, in setting up a, a code of conduct which is agreed upon, and allowing Parliament to create an act out of that, in order to create teeth, because you see, code of conduct without any teeth, nobody would actually uh, care about it. So there must be teeth in the code of conduct. So which is why on in the 20th of um, last month, I think um, uh, September, we met at Rima Church with a number of umbrella bodies, and all of them were in concert with one thing: that we need self-regulation. We need to develop a code of conduct. And we want to make sure that once the code of conduct is developed, it must be turned into an act which regulates how the, how the religious institutions function in South Africa. All the issues that Solomon has raised with regard to ordination, mm. licensing, registration, and all of that, if the religious institutions are incapable of doing that, what they would actually be doing is to allow government to enter in, because government cannot just wait and see uh, and watch its own citizens be funded, mm. preyed on by these skeletons. Government will not do that. One of the most responsibilities of government is to protect its citizens against any abuse. Mm. Mm. Well, I'm going to take a quick break, but... I 
just wanted to ask the listeners to actually give us their thoughts on our various platforms. Remember that we are on uh, Facebook. Go to the Channel Africa page. It's simply titled Channel Africa. And we're asking the question, should religion in South Africa be regulated or not? Uh, Give us your thoughts on uh, that one. Or you can go to our Twitter handle at Channel Africa 1. That's at Channel Africa 1. And give us your insights on what you think. Uh, We're joined by Professor David Musoma on the line. He's the Deputy Chairperson of the Commission for the Protection and Promotion of the Rights of Cultural, Religious and Linguistic Communities. We also have uh, Solomon Izang Ashoms, who is uh, uh, the... uh, very young activist who's actually taken on this big issue of false prophets, of you know irregularities that we're seeing in churches, and has actually become very unpopular even within his own Christian communities. And also, when we come back, we'll deal with those challenges that you face as an ordinary Christian. You're not even a leader of a particular church, but you have this onslaught on you, Solomon. We'll deal with those particular issues when we come back after this break. Remember, Channel Africa One. That's our Twitter handle. Give us your thoughts or go to our twitter page our twitter page is at channel africa one go to facebook facebook rather is channel africa that's the page and you can give us your thoughts on our streaming facility it's almost 20 minutes past 11 o'clock central african time let's take a quick one we'll be back after this great news for music fans Media Africa Studios is hosting the Ghana Music Awards on the 3rd of November. 500 guests across South Africa, Nigeria, Zimbabwe and Ghana are expected. This event aims to bring Mark Nationals under one umbrella to network and create business opportunities through music and art. Some of the artists that will be performing are Babes Wadumo, Tamara Day, Aku Messi, Choir Master, Kuta Budusuku, Article One, and many more. If you cannot make it to the Ebony launch in Pretoria, South Africa, don't despair. Join Channel Africa from 18 hours to 20 hours Central African time on the 3rd of November for the best music in Africa. Channel Africa, bringing you the African Perspective. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa. Thank you for joining us on our various platforms. Remember, we're the main service of South Africa into Sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, thank you for joining us on Shortwave. And remember, we are on DSTV in South Africa and some of the SADC countries that have access to the Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. Or you can also stream us live on our website, www.channelafrica.co.za. That's www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, today we're asking the question, should we see religious institutions being regulated? Uh, Give us your thoughts on our various platforms. Already I can see some commentary and some interaction on our Facebook page. I have uh, someone called Chabi Matsupola who says, I say it should be regulated. People are being taken advantage of because they are desperate. And that's the issue, isn't it? Because someone would say, don't people understand? 
understand what's happening because they've already seen the bad consequences, Solomon, mm. historically. I mean, we've had issues of people feeding, uh, pastors feeding uh, their congregants uh, snakes and making them drink petrol. Uh, we've seen so many things that have happened. The latest is this Omotoso case and, yeah. and the rape issue. You also had another incident whereby you exposed a particular pastor. And I remember seeing it on Facebook when you shared uh, videos of how this pastor's assaulted some young girls in his congregation. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that scene because we spoke a little bit around it. I don't know how much you can speak about it because it's also pending in court. Yes, it's pending in court. We were at the high court yesterday. Uh, and, you know, it's a case of uh, the pastor was called to pray for, for her. Uh, he didn't rape her. Her, her mother called uh, him and he came in. And they had had a, a long relationship, the yeah. two families. They helped, you know, start the church about 25 years ago. And in the course of that, he started, you know, fondling her breasts and trying to kiss her. You know, they were together for about 20 minutes. So she became very uncomfortable. And, and she told him, you know, get away and all that. She was sick, you know. So he, he, he ran away and the mother was in the other room and then he ran and, and then left. And all this while she's been trying to address it. But he's been, because obviously, you know, this pastors, they're powerful. So whatever they say, they get to be believed by their congregation. So he painted her as being bipolar. <laughs> Sad enough. Wow. No medical proof that she's bipolar. Uh, and when she got a bit frustrated, when this whole Amotoshot thing came up, uh, there's a lot of conversation on social media. So she got in touch with me. She made a video and then she said, look, Solomon, I need your help. So I posted the video. So what he did now is taking myself and her to the high court to interdict us from saying anything about it we had caught yesterday we're going to be back again tomorrow uh and the sad part of it also is is trying to interdict any other person that would ever speak about it mm. you see how powerful and how self uh you know selfish they are so no one in the mm. church is supposed to talk about it yeah so you're talking about you you know this is just one of the so many cases. There's a girl in Ulundi in case mm. they then mm. got in touch with me. Mm. This guy raped her. She got pregnant. She went to tell him and he raped her again. Wow. A pastor. And we just discovered yesterday that there are other cases, cases in Ulundi for rape, you know, that was done, committed by this pastor. So you have a lot of it. Some of them don't have voices. How do we speak about these things? Mm. How do we champion it? Because I tell people that if Jesus should come back today, would he recognize the church? Mm. I don't think he would recognize And the sad part is that the church sometimes becomes very quiet, especially church leadership. We, We hear some few voices coming out, especially with this particular case especially when we see things coming on a on a national platform but it's not enough voices no, no you see when when there's a case of also abuse in the church the church is not the best place to deal with it that's the, that's not the best place to deal with it if a leader abuses a congregant or any other woman mm. or whatever case the church is not the best place you have to bring somebody external if you really want to be objective but a lot of them also when we have these issues my wife has always been where is the christian voice yes that's why we have the crl the crl has been championing mm. so much mm. sometimes i feel what the crl is doing is what the church should, should be, be doing, doing yeah. but the church is not doing it mm. but now the church is complaining that the CRL is overstepping its, you know, its mandate. Its, its, its mandate. Mm, mm. But the church is, where are the voices? And to be honest with you, there are no voices because a lot of them behind the scene, mm. they are also doing the same thing.
they're just not being caught yet. Mm. Professor, let me come to you because that is the issue, isn't it? The fact that there's a lot at stake for religious organizations and institutions here. And uh, the issue is the fact that, you know, maybe people within the religious sector don't want to lose control that they have right now. They have so much authority over their finances. They have so much uh, control on the content of their preaching on a Sunday. They have so much control on uh, any kind of function within uh, their um, calling, as they call themselves, that they are people who are called uh, to uh, deliver the message of God per se. But no one is actually... uh, currently having authority over that particular voice so for them i'm I'm sure they could be afraid of losing the dominance that they have currently yes indeed you know power it's not uh, does not concede until it is wrestled out when have people have power and abuse it don't expect expect them to relent because it is of best in the best in their best interest to do it, and it works for them. But it does not work for the citizens of South Africa, and especially a claim about God to say God empowers us to do what we do. And that is the most dangerous statement I have ever heard or ever seen individual utter. Mm. Because that dominance subdues believers in accepting whatever this person does over them. Because they claim proximity to God. They claim access to God. I mean, when somebody does that, that person abrogates to himself or herself huge powers. When you do have power, you must have responsibility. How best to adjudicate it in the best interest of having justice for all. Mm. And that's where religious leaders fail to say this. But part of why they, they, they've got control of so many people is not because of themselves. It's because behind, of, behind what they say is the claim of the proximity to God. That's why they amass this power. Mm. So we believe that uh, the time has come to dismantle that abuse. If the religious institutions practice their faith in a manner consistent with the Constitution, conferring human dignity, um, you know, promoting love, respect, justice, and supporting the needy, there will be no problem. But the abuse is unacceptable. It cannot be under no circumstances. And whoever does it must begin to know that this, the, the Republic of South Africa and its citizens will never countenance a situation like that. Mm. So the church must be the church. It must be, leave, if, it, if you want to become a business person, Go and do business and wrestle with those who do business. Don't mix business and church. The two do not go, go together. Well, there's going to be resistance, as was highlighted by Solomon just before I interjected and posed the question back to you. So what are you going to do with those um you know, organizations or religious sects that don't actually want to be part of any peer review mechanism. Because also, when you look at the mushrooming of churches in South Africa, I can't even, 
I can't even number how many uh, churches are in one street back home. You know, there's kind of like seven in one street. And I don't know how, as the CRL commission, you're going to make sure that everyone complies. And I also think it's unfair making sure that you're the only body that's going to make sure that all this has to be done. So it's going to be a tricky uh, job for you, uh, Professor Musum. Yes, indeed. But I think what what we have already started doing is to make sure that we work with umbrella bodies, a bigger chunk of body of believers who believe that this particular area must be self-regulated, there must be order in the house of God. And I think uh, we are gradually gaining that traction and gaining that support. So at the end, once the uh, code of conduct has been accepted, the issue of registration has been cleared up and the issues of uh, licensing has been cleared, all of those because those activities will be performed, will be, per- be performed by the umbrella bodies and the peer review uh, 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 mechanisms. Those are the people who will be dealing with those, not the, 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 the CRL. CRL is there to promote, to protect, and, um, and, and give support. And, and mobilize and educate. That's what our role is. Which is why we're raising these issues, because part of it is to educate the public of South Africa. And uh, in fact, one of the critical elements which we're, we will be looking at is the relationship between multi and religion, Christian religion in particular. Is this what God would have wanted, or is something, a, a new uh, innovation in this regard? What is the relationship between multi and Christian religion. Very interesting viewpoints there, Solomon. Um, From where I sit, I think that um, the CRL Commission should actually be extended in terms of its mandate. I think there should be some form of a legal framework that's introduced to the CRL to give it certain powers to actually take some of these... uh, um, pastors to court if there's a, a complaint with them. I think they should be have maybe even a small investigative unit to support some of its work because I think right now it's constrained. Yes, indeed, we are constrained. We're also in terms of the, our budget is very limited. We can't do the things we wanted to do in order to protect and promote. And I, we are just hoping that the Parliament in due course will be able to respond to this. Yeah. But I can tell you, the three important pillars, religion, culture, and language, mm. define the character of a human being mm. and define the character of, of a society. If we do not take these three into account, mm. we have no society at all. Mm. Let yeah. me bring back to you, Solomon. What, what do you think in terms of strengthening the work of the CRL? Because right now, I think it is kind of a, a talking organization. It's yeah. kind of... It's more kind of administrative and facilitates issues in that regard and maybe recommends certain um, uh, issues, you know. But it's not really that strong and not that supported by other organs that could actually make it a strong organization dealing with the big crisis that we see in our hands. Yes, I feel the CRL needs uh, more authority to be able to investigate, to be able to offer even services. You know, I would like to see a CRL that has a a counseling services, you know, where a lot of these victims could come, legal services, where they could get, you know, legal help. uh, And also to be able to investigate certain uh, issues around the church. Uh, The CRL for me is one of the best things to happen 
you know in south africa uh and especially for churches because churches we have drifted away like prof said earlier you know the, the you know they're trying to investigate the relationship between the church and muti because there's a lot of pastors today who are magicians that's the end of the story they carry they they, they operate with witchcraft just like in the book of acts chapter 8 where we have a guy called simon the sorcerer doing great things and then the apostles came and then the people were like oh wow this is a real deal because right now if you do anything if you tell people anything you you brainwash people hypnotize people and all that but if the crl doesn't come in who would do that it's been difficult for church bodies to do that to evaluate and to uh, regulate themselves so with the crl i feel from a constitutional perspective they need to be given such a strong mandate if we really want to be able to clean the house and be able to put things appropriately uh but trust me the crl is going to get a lot of backlash i see people marching on the streets i'm not going to march against the crl but i see christians marching going to the streets because i know what is happening in churches with leaders what leaders are telling their congregants about the, ma- the mandate or what the crl wants to achieve which for me is not true what there's been saying? a lot of what are they saying they're saying they they you know the crl is against the church the crl will control what to preach what to teach basically the crl will have power over the church which is totally i mean we listen to prof now which is totally not what they're saying you know and so you meet a lot of them and you speak to them even pastors and apostles and all that and you you were so shocked with their knowledge of what the mandate of the crl is because they have a certain mindset so you can imagine a leader over seven thousand people having that kind of perspective he has a radio program a tv program what would he be saying about the crl there needs to be a great synergy between the crl and the church and i think that's the only way it would work the crl needs to be able to get the backing of you know some of the biggest platforms christian platforms as much as possible because that way the church the platforms also understand some of the issues far better than the crl because they are in there you know uh, and they would be able to advise and the working together for me is what is really going to be able to bring sanity back into the church because the church has has really uh, we, we've lost it like totally and we're we're doing what we are not supposed to do leaders are just living lives that you'll be shocked you know i get stories every mm. single day sure. i get people bring sending me stories you will be shocked you share it with people they will not believe it sure. but that's a reality well i'm going to take a quick break and we're going to wrap up the conversation after this break because i know that you know to be in this particular situation is not just the pastors, but it's also a desperation of the communities. It's also an, a lack of knowledge from communities who don't understand what they are practicing in the initial space. So how do we make sure people also understand religious practices that they're actually embarking upon? Do they understand the history of their religion? Is that the role of the CRL to make people aware of those kind of things where they should start seeing loopholes if they're starting to see certain practices within their religious groups? We'll ask those questions after this break. Are you looking for opportunities to network with Africa's business leaders? Do you want to engage with movers and shakers and participate in master classes presented by industry experts? 
Then, here's your personal invitation to attend the fourth annual Africa Women Innovation and Entrepreneurship Forum and Exhibition taking place on the 8th and 9th of November in Cape Town, South Africa. If you want to register, then visit www.awiforum.org. Again, www.awiforum.org. If you cannot make the event, then don't worry. You can follow it through live broadcasts on Channel Africa. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Well, thank you for joining us as we're about to wrap up our program today. Uh, thank you for all who have been commenting on our stream on our uh, Facebook page. Uh, remember, if you want to check us in studio, we're zooming right into Solomon. I'm sure he's a bit nervous there. His face is right in the mix there. So go to our Facebook page where uh, Solomon's face is prominent there. But uh, we've been asking the question, should religion in South Africa be regulated or not? Uh, Tony Ben says, uh, should not churches be fully regulated to be financially accountable to its members, visitors, donors, and members of the surrounding community. Tony Ben uh, continues to say, I would suggest that all church branches that wish to be seen to be very accountable, transparent, open, and honest should have their constitution very easily downloadable as PDF from social media pages like Facebook. Anybody should be able to download a copy of the constitution of the church very easily together with a statement of the doctrine of the church. This would really assist potential visitors and members. Also, every branch of a church should be expected to publish online their weekly income and expenditure and also annual accounts and financial reports. Churches should be fully accountable to their members, visitors, potential donors and communities. Why should there be any secrecy about church finances? Churches should be exemplary in their transparency and openness. Thank you, Tony Ben, for your views there and uh, what are your thoughts on that uh, uh, Solomon um, before we get into this issue of uh, us as ordinary Christians also understanding religion what do you think of that view by Tony there uh, which part of it are you looking at all of it in terms of transparency when it comes to actually our yeah. financial yeah. records of churches it yeah. never really really happens yes. you always see like the huge sum amount when that fundraiser has happened but how the money has been utilized is always behind the scene yeah there's a lot of lack of accountability in churches yeah. uh, I mean some churches do you know show their financial statement at the end of the year or beginning of the year this is our plans and all that but i think we've lost it uh, and it's all because you know churches has become all, almost like a one-man show you know whatever the pastor says you know we have a board but the board is not really functioning the way that it should the board is just there uh, not really can question the apostle can't can question the bishop uh on how money is being used or abused and so we we have that and the the church should be the best example of integrity and transparency and accountability but unfortunately with the charismatic churches we've seen lately we've not been good stewards and also in, in within the christian firm uh, fraternal there there's also the the huge drive around stewardship mm -hmm. are you a good steward is my pastor a good steward? Can I ask my pastor a good steward to, about his stewardship? Mm. Can I ask for a statement of last month's spending? Mm. Can we do that? Because if we, we are able to do that, 
I mean, that's trust. Mm-hmm. We're inviting to the church. People are going to trust us. People are going to talk about it. And even corporates are going to model that mm-hmm. from us. Mm-hmm. And that's what the church is supposed sure, to stand for. Sure. Let me wrap it with you, Professor, um, because I, I want to look at that issue that I also think it's a responsibility. We, we can blame the church structures as much as possible. We can also say, hey, it's that individual, the pastor, who's a problem here. But how do we as individuals also take control of our faiths? How do we also make sure that faith is not just up to this one man, that we make sure that we understand what we believe in? Yeah, um, I used to believe that um, educated people, once uh, they have received education, education, they are less susceptible to believing anything. Mm. But I no longer have that belief now. Because majority of educated people are found even in places where they were supposed not to be. Uh, and it's no longer a question of uh, whether you've been to school or not to school. The second thing is an issue that the, the religion has been elevated to the level of feelings. Because at the level of feeling is what you feel and you can't explain to the other person how you feel. Mm-hmm. And because of that, when you look at the environment where these people go, they go there in order one, they are hopeless, they are looking for hope. Some of them go there because they are sick, and some religious institutions have turned into some kind of hospital or some kind of uh, you know, healing environment. Some go there because they need, um, they are not employed. They think that if you pray for me, I'll get employment. And all of these things, it's a, it's a state of the economy, a state of the social decadence, which becomes a, 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 um, an attractive environment to pick up these, mm. these, uh, mm. these mm. individuals. So that, there's a challenge also, because in the past, the church served that purpose without abusing its members. Imagine during apartheid. At the height of apartheid, mm. when our people were beaten, were imprisoned, if we had this type of, of churches, I don't think we would have defeated apartheid. So, sure. Because it would be abused by apartheid and be abused by churches as well. Mm. But the churches served as a haven of protection, a place where you could get love, a place where you could get support, yeah? a place where your hope was ignited again. Mm. So, so I am trying to compare. If we lived this period during apartheid, I don't think we would have cracked apartheid at all. Because at every level, we will be abused. Mm. Well, I have to leave it there, Professor, because we've run out of time. But I think, you know, there's a lot that still needs to be done. And I hope that the processes to follow uh, with your partnership with churches as the CRL Rights Commission will actually be very productive and fruitful. So thank you for giving us your time. That's Professor David Musoma, the Deputy Chairperson of the Commission for the Promotion and Protection of the Rights of Cultural, Religious and Linguistic Communities. Thank you as well to Sol- Solomon Izang Ashams, uh, thank you for joining us in our studios. <laughs> it's always good having you in our studio, and uh, thank you for doing the good work that you're also doing. And I hope the court case goes well. Thank you, thank you. And I just want to advise everybody: you know, the best thing as a Christian, read your Bible, mm. read your Bible for yourself, just so you would measure what you hear from the pulpit. 
Fantastic. Well, I also want to thank Keith Perron, who's commented on uh, Facebook. And Keith says, it's amazing how poor a shadow channel Africa is to the former Radio RSA. Yeah, that's good news. He says that there's far better news coverage, better in air presenters and much high production values. Thank you for that acknowledgement, Keith.